I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. Welcome to The Backstory. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast. A docupod. I accept you made that word up. If you're listening to this on the day it's released, Christmas Day, then happy Christmas, if you do Christmas. Whether you're out with the dog, hiding upstairs, or having a break from the relatives, or whether you're just by yourself, we hope you're having a good enough day. It can be wonderful, and let's face it, it can be utterly crap. But one thing's for sure, it'll be over by tomorrow. Today we're carrying on with our look at the backstories of people whose job it is to help others. A job can be many things, a way of earning money, a means of fulfilment, or a nightmare that plagues your every waking hour. I think I've done all of those. I ones. think so too. <laughs> Sounds like a day here. Yeah, exactly. Just all in one day. Nikki and Alan work for a housing charity that supports people at all stages of homelessness, including people who are rough sleeping and potentially leading very chaotic lives, through to people who are ready to move into independent living with the right support. This is hard work, physically and emotionally, with odd hours and not the sort of salary that will have you reaching for the Bollinger. It's telling that throughout the interview, Nikki and Alan's focus is on their clients. They really don't dwell on the difficulties that they feel in doing their job. You have to listen out for the odd comment, but I do feel that this job does take its toll. So I'm here at St Martin's Housing Trust with Nikki and Alan. Thank you both so much for having me here. We're here talking about your working life today. So is there a a particular kind of event that stands out for either of you that you would like to tell us about today? We probably might want to look at the story or the journey of John. Okay, tell me about John. So John first came into service possibly three years ago. He has subsequently been with us, I think, three, possibly three, four times. And on each occasion... Um, He has made more progress, culminating in a current situation where he's uh, stable on his script, Um, he's not using illicit substance, he's planning for his future, um, and he's doing extremely well. How old is John? I believe he's about 27. So he was sort of early, mid-20s when he first 
yeah. came to you. Just take me back to when he first presented. What what was going on with him at that stage? <clears throat> well, I'm going to suggest he was a, a chaotic, illicit substance user, yeah. drug user. Just give us a sense of what that actually looks like. Street rough sleeper. Okay. Um, poor health. Yeah. Um, sleeping rough uh, in what can only be described as dangerous environments. We've had clients who are spat at, urinated on, thrown up on, have their belongings stolen, and, and just treated horrendously when it's a human being. This is someone's son, brother, husband, dad. It may be someone's wife, mother, sister, and they're being put in horrendously dangerous situations. I always laugh, the public always think they're at risk from the homeless, when in actual fact it's totally the other way around. Our clients are more at risk from the general public. Do you know how long John had been sleeping rough? I would say probably a number of months, possibly a year or more. Homelessness is complex by definition. There isn't a one-size-fits-all quick fix. We would have engaged with him, got him to a point where we could perhaps offer him accommodation at our direct access hostel, and then he would join us. He'd be booked in and he would be given a room and we would seek to allocate a a key worker to work with him. That could be relating to health issues, could be relating to finding some sort of uh, training or education. Um, It could be uh, ensuring that uh, the state is paying him the appropriate benefit. One of the biggest things we have to do with a lot of our clients when they move in is they may have lost hope they've stopped trusting anyone um, they may have been treated horrendously while they're on the streets they no longer feel they have any identity their self-esteem their confidence is absolutely through the floor and I think as Alan just said we, we do a lot of support work sometimes the very first stage of that support is just sitting and having a coffee and a chat so that they, they can trust us. It's good when you finally get that rapport with a client and all of a sudden they can come through and they'll go, oh, morning, lovely to see you, how are you today? And they see that as a normal conversation. They always say to us they know that we care and that's so important to them that they just know there is someone there who cares after them being on the street. How do you see that relationship develop when somebody comes in and for them perhaps being seen and being acknowledged in a positive way is is not an everyday experience for them and and they come in and that begins to happen? Again, if, if we go back to John's story, the changes we started to notice with John were his first day, every time he left, he wouldn't look us in the eye, he'd be hidden under his coat, he'd be mumbling... Second, third time, there's a little bit of eye contact. Third time he came in when everything started to slot into place, all of a sudden, once everything went into place with John, there was this amazing young man with the biggest smile on his face that lights a room up. And and it is that going from I'm invisible, I don't exist, to hello, it's me. It's so hard to to put a word to how that feels when that, change happens Mm. but sometimes it's just a small change sometimes you know we have some clients who are very mistrustful for good reason sometimes and sometimes just the fact that they've gone from not saying a word to all of a sudden after two or three words just saying hello good morning that might be it 
So this is a slow process that must sometimes feel a bit like one step forward, two steps back. And I wonder, what's that like for you as as workers? You know, we're, we're human beings. We get upset. We get frustrated. Um, certainly with John, going back, and, and only recently I've had this discussion with John and he didn't realise how chaotic he actually was. But when he first came into us, because of his substance use and the chaos he was in, staff used to dread knocking on his door to do welfare checks. He was at such high risk of overdosing. Okay. And the risk was going in to check on him and finding that he'd overdosed during the night. But we laugh with them, we cry with them. Of course, we, we sometimes get angry with them. We're working with a fellow human being and we, we want every client to have a happy ending. But we have to be realistic. It's not always going to happen. Mm. Which is like I said, we have to allow them to make mistakes. And that's the time when you want to bang your head against a wall. But it just might not be the right time. If we look at John's journey, that's been a three-year journey. We can't work miracles. We don't have magic wands. So tell me about some of the times where there have been steps backward. When John first came into service, bearing in mind he'd been with us previously, he was asked very straightforwardly how he would like his visit this time to be different on the basis that um, if he continued to follow the path that he had previously, uh, the outcome would probably be the same he would be asked to leave we believe that individuals have hopeful futures we believe actually that if somebody has to leave our service or one of our services they haven't failed it's just that they're not ready to engage with our service for whatever reason and we hope that the way in which they leave us hopefully with some dignity uh, certainly from our perspective, though individuals may behave differently, be angry and, and so on, which is entirely understandable, that at some point they will feel they can come back to us. So coming back to John, we asked him how he would like this visit to end. So I just want to be clear. So John had been with you previously. He had been. He hadn't been at the right stage to engage with the service and he had been asked to leave obviously with the possibility of coming back at a later yes. stage okay yeah so he was back for a second time uh third time third time um, okay and it's a difficult question to ask somebody but yeah. um to just so that we kind of keeping things very real how how would you like your journey to to end and he responded with um I want to try and stop using, or words to that effect. So to do that is a major decision for an individual. Um, it requires a great deal of risk-taking on their part uh, because they're somewhat having to revisit all their old thoughts and their old behaviours and so on, and they need to feel they can trust individuals and feel ready. After a, a few weeks um, of frustrating stops and starts for all parties, he engaged with the local drug and alcohol service. Over time, we supported him to attend appointments and um, gave him reminders, encouragement and so on. Um, and he got to a point where he could be stable on his script. But whilst he was in that process, there was a great deal of, there was a, a term that's used, withdrawal. Um, and it's a most unpleasant journey for the individual. It is physically traumatic, it's mentally traumatic. This is where, as support workers, we have to become almost 
care workers to a degree. Bed linen was clean, making sure clothing was lean, uh, clean, that there was some that dignity okay. and self-respect was maintained. To do the job we do, you either can do it or you can't do it. Within this job, you can go in full of the joys of the world in the morning and throughout the course of the day, you can go through every type of emotion I've gone out the back of the hostel and screamed at times. I've gone out the back of the hostel and kicked walls. I've cried. I've gone home and lain awake at night. We were waiting to get him into the dry house. And John himself knew that one of his biggest issues was he was getting paid. Now, a lot of our clients have triggers. John knew that the day he received his benefit was his biggest trigger. So he was due to receive his benefit on the Monday night at midnight. He was due to go on the Tuesday and have his first test for the dry house. So I'd left him in really good spirits on the Monday when I left work. And I said, right, I will see you at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. I think I was taking him off to a football match or something. He'd started to engage with football. And I lay awake most of that night thinking, please don't. He'd handed his bank card into staff to try and, and remove okay. that. Um, yeah temptation and I lay awake half the night thinking oh please 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 let him not have gone to the bank let him not have gone to the bank in work for half past seven and my first question to the morning staff is is John in and they said yeah he hasn't been out all night and I was like <sighs> weight lifts off your shoulders and it's hard to explain you know that this is a client this is this is a, a, a this young man was a chaotic heroin user, but that was an enormous, enormous challenge for him to overcome. And when he came through and I said, how did you sleep? And he said, not very well. And I said, no, me neither. And he said, why? And I said, I was so worried about you. And he said, you don't have, to... oh no, please don't lie awake thinking about me. I said, I can't help it. And it was, it was, it was so strange him realizing that I'd lain awake for half the night worrying about him, and why, why should I have to do? Why should I do that? And it's just because I'm a human being, and I know how important this was. And the smile on his face when he walked in and said, "I've done it." You can't describe it, can you? I had tears in my eyes. Alan was just like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" And when he saw our reaction to that. I think that's when he, I don't know, how would you describe it? It, it was just, my God, these people really do care. Uh, one of the things that uh, illicit substance tends to do is to dull the senses. So that awareness of seeing in other people that sort of um, encouragement, that happiness, that sort of care, the person feels it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's quite moving. You have to be a human being to do this job, and and that is and part of that is accepting the bad stuff along with the good stuff. Everyone says it's it's the person you care about that that always gets full guns, both barrels blazing. If you're having a bad day, mm. well, for our clients, we are that person. Mm. So let's say John's come in; he's had a bad day; he's bitten my head off. I'm not going to go and challenge him then and there. I'm going to leave it a while and then go and say, OK, what's going on? What, what just happened earlier on? I was only asking if you were OK and all of a sudden you've bitten my head. Oh, I'm really sorry this happened today. I don't take it personally. When I first started doing this job, I took it very personally. Okay. And I would go home and say, so I can't do this job. Someone called me a 
see you next Tuesday today. <laughs> oh. But eventually, you know, working with the client group, I have bad days. I shout and scream at people sometimes. You know, ask my husband. I'm sure he'll agree. Um, you have to be prepared to get on your hands and knees and scrub. You have to be prepared to put up with the good, the bad, the ugly and the highs and the lows. We work with an amazing team and we support each other. There's a, um, a training concept um, known as motivational interviewing, interviewing yeah, and one it. of the terms is rolling with resistance. Rolling with resistance can be quite challenging for all, but it really works. Tell me about rolling with resistance. I, I like the sounds of that. John is a very intelligent young man. He is also very opinionated. He's also very reserved, very quiet, and he can be quite a difficult person to to reach, as it were. He needs space. I would suggest there were occasions when, um, how shall we put it, Um, there was a serious need for some um, domestic hygiene improvement. Lots of really dirty grubby clothing, bedding, etc. One of the issues with individuals who are uh, intravenous users is they're not always safe with the disposal of their sharps, their needles, their syringes. And if you go into a room where that is a possible risk, there is the potential, if you're not very careful, of uh, needle stick injury. So one of the agreements that I had with John was that um, I'll do your laundry for you, but I need you to check to make sure it's safe. And initially, he was a bit reluctant to to do that. And as a consequence, the dirty laundry just accumulated. Mm -hmm. And then a point was reached where he then decided to put it together, sort through piles. So the resistance would have been the uh, not being prepared to engage with gathering, you know, because in effect I was offering him room service mm. in the sense of, you know, <laughs> this we will, you know, I'll be your, your housekeeping, you know, I'll, I'll clean your room and all that sort of thing. Wasn't at all interested. So, as I say, a point was reached where he started to gather a few things together, a little bit tidier, was a little more agreeable to placing um, sharps that have been discarded in appropriate places in bins and so on in his room. We, we provided a fairly large bin because he was using a great deal of substance at that time. Yeah. And over time, matter of weeks, we got into a routine and the wonderful thing was when the offer was, was there, he knew the offer was always there, but um, he declined it. And said, no, I'll do it. Now, for some clients, that's a sort of, just leave me alone. Um, Then he asked to do the laundry. Where is he at now? He's living in our new dry house facility. He's loving it there. Calls it home. And the first time he said, I've actually got a home, Nicky. I've got a front door with a key and it feels like home. That smile is still on his face. He's a very proud young man of where he is today, the challenges he's faced. He knows it's early days. He, he totally acknowledges that. But I think last time I went to see him, I made a comment to him about the state of his room. Goodness sake, you need to get this room sorted out. And you went, oh, I know. 
And I said, let me pay you a compliment, John. I said, because six months ago, the issue would have been exactly as Alan just said, the, the health and safety with the needles. I said, what's wrong now, John? I said, you now live, instead of living in an addict's bedroom, you're now living in a teenage boy's bedroom. <laughs> and I don't actually know which is worse, the smell of socks. And he thought that was hilarious. He, he just saw the absolutely funny side and how much of a positive that actually was. I wasn't telling him off because his room was dangerous. I was laughing. If we go back to when he started having issues, he was around 19. Quite often we see that there's a developmental barrier comes in. So although he's 27, some of his behaviour is very much that of a 19-year-old. But that's brilliant. I, I think Alan would agree. I'd rather say to John, for God's sake, sort your sinky socks out, please. Mm. rather than here's a yellow bin let's get rid of 300 needles that might be dangerous but I say he's in amazing place when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That is a tough job. Not one you just do for the money. No, definitely not. So Susie, you worked at a night shelter. I did uh, for, well, it was about 18 years ago for one summer when I was a student. Ah, two things spring to mind there. You must have been a very mature student. (laughs) You're so, <laughs> you're so rude, uh, just always so rude. And it was so tough, you only lasted one summer. <laughs> it was, was that just, always the plan? That was the plan, that oh, was the sorry. plan. It was just a, a summer job while I was studying, yeah, and um, it was a postgraduate thing, actually, Claire, thank you. So anyway. Um, <laughs> stayed a student as long as you could. Yeah, I did. Clearly a lot has changed since I was there, and as Alan explained, a night shelter is an old term. They're now called a direct access hostel. Oh, well, it's good to know the up-to-date lingo, it is, I find. It was like to know, yeah. Yeah, when I was there, they felt pretty basic. People were turned out in the morning and places were allocated very much on a first-come, first-served basis. 
But I think now that this kind of first stage hostel is more about resolving or helping to resolve the issues why someone became homeless in the first place and to try to get them to a point of stability and then get a plan to to move on into further accommodation. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I know when you spoke to me after the interview, you mentioned that Nikki didn't know at the start that she would be able to hack it. There was an incident, wasn't there, where a client had a knife and yes. she sat with him. Yeah. It sounds as though she dealt with it really well. Um, but then at the end of her shift, she went home shaking and doubted whether she could carry on. Yeah, and I was quite reassured, really, that, that she had struggled to begin with because it is really hard what they do. And both Nikki and Alan just had so much compassion and just, you know, sheer perseverance, really. So that's, yeah, I can imagine one of the main skills is perseverance. Yeah, and, I think and so. Just, yeah. just being able to stick with it. So motivational interviewing, yeah. rolling with resistance. Um, that was a tool that Alan talked about um, as one that he uses a lot. I assume that you could tell us all about that, Lizzie. <laughs> I've been doing what I love to do and reading up around it. So if you think about, you know, where somebody that is just being very resistant to making any any kind of changes, denying that there's a problem, refusing to do anything about it. And I suppose the natural inclination is to badger them and explain why they should be doing it and keep pushing yeah. them. But actually with rolling with resistance, you you recognise that if you do that, you might just kind of push them further away, drive them deeper into their shell, make them defensive. So you kind of avoid that direct head-on argument. Okay, I think I might be able to use this with my three-year-old. Yes, Carry on. Definitely a good a good plan. You kind of encourage them to come up with possible solutions. You don't try to force suggestions on them. Yeah, I think I see what you're saying. And so and people probably would be expecting criticism. So this is a sort of this might be a quite unusual response for them to have. Yeah, kind of expecting criticism and challenge. So actually, you're not doing that. And that's quite disarming. And so what is the end point that you're trying to achieve? Are you trying to get them to realise the the issue themselves? What you're aiming to do is to get them to recognise where there's a discrepancy between what they want to achieve and their behaviour at the moment. So, you know, if, if, if somebody, let's take it out of the homelessness situation, if somebody's overall aim is perhaps to lose weight yep. and that's that's something that they've stated and then... They're constantly that, saying, but I just can't because... I like, just can't, I, or... or you know, you, I, just, I just love food, yeah. Yeah, or what... <laughs> It's starting to turn into a real conversation. This is like a confessional. Yeah. I just love panettone too much. I just, and Christmas is coming and I'm not sure what I'm going to be able to do. But it's, it's just kind of getting people to or, or allowing people to recognise them for themselves that discrepancy between where they want to be and what their current behaviour is doing. And also kind of giving them the time to do that, you know, maybe asking what an alternative viewpoint might be. Yeah, it's very interesting because quite often we try and find a solution for people all the time, don't we? And this is obviously a way of actually just talking around things and somebody hopefully coming to their own solution by the sound of it. And recognising that that might not happen in that conversation. I think it is one of those tools that you can see yourself using in real life. Yeah, in, so it's useful in real actually. Life, in, yeah. in everyday life, yeah, I mean, yeah. Good. Try it with some teenagers. Anything else you want to say about Nikki and Alan? No, just a reminder that we'll put links in the show notes um, to St. Martin's and to national helping agencies. Brilliant. 
Okay, time for our podcast recommendation. Rather than recommending a whole podcast, we've recently started recommending like particular episodes as we've found that often is a good way to get into something that's already established. There are those where you need to start at the beginning, like the mighty third season of Serial, which we've been raving about, but others where you can just pick it up at any point. Today's recommendation comes from a listener, so thank you very much for that. It's This American Life, the the godfather of podcasts. Oh, we have to keep going back there and dipping back in. Absolutely. It's an episode that is dated November the 23rd, 2012, and Mm. it's called Little War on the Prairie, and it's about the site of the largest mass execution in US history and why people in Minnesota don't talk about it. So Christmas Day today. So that means that our next episode will be going out on New Year's Day. That's right, with just the festive perineum in between. Nice. If you find yourself on the sofa surrounded by people who still don't know what a podcast is, then do us a favour and tell them and get them sorted on their phone or downloaded. Get those older generation listening to podcasts because they would love them. Yep, definitely. Please do. That will be a big help. We'll be back next week, which is also next year, with a brand new backstory. New Year's Day, a very easy one to remember. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. sponsorship opportunities or if you'd like to take part in a show please contact hello at the backstorypodcast.co.uk the backstory podcast is produced by tin shared productions deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.